Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week, we're working on two arias from Il Barbieri di Siviglia, La Calunia, and Una Voce Poco Fa with Andrea Sanguinetti, an Italian coach and conductor with the Staatsoper Hannover in Germany. We'll talk about the letters C and G in Italian, and some standard suffixes with stressed E's and O's. Remember our favorite German word, genau? Since Andrea also works in Germany, he flips back and forth sometimes between Italian and German, and you'll definitely hear him say genau a few times. Remember, that means exactly. If you want to follow along with the text but don't have the score, I'll post links to an online libretto at thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. When I was in undergrad, there, were a there was a large group of students from Spain and South America, and I learned to speak Spanish from them. Knowing Spanish really helped when it came to studying Italian, and I passed out of all the, re the Italian requirements in grad school, even though I only studied six weeks of it. Problem is, the diction isn't the same, and I still have to fight against having a Spanish accent in my Italian. Many Americans study Spanish in high school, have Spanish-speaking friends, or are themselves Spanish-speaking. So this is a very normal problem in the U.S. Spanish syllables are very even, which makes the language sound fast. Italian syllables are not even. The stressed vowel can be significantly longer than the rest of the word, and single consonants are much shorter than double consonants. So especially if you speak Spanish, pay close attention to lengthening the vowel and only doubling consonants when it's actually called for. The best way I've found to counteract my Spanish accent is to practice speaking the same way many people practice singing. Speak the words only on vowels and then start dropping very light consonants in. Our first aria is La Calunia, Don Bartolo's aria from the first act of Il Barbieri di Siviglia. This aria was originally written in D major but is generally performed down a step in C. La calunnia è un venticello, una oretta assai gentile, che insensibile e sottile, leggermente dolcemente, incomincia a sussurrare. Piano piano, terra terra, sottovoce, sibilando, Va scorrendo, va scorrendo, va ronzando, va ronzando, nelle orecchie della gente si introduce, si introduce destramente e le teste di cervelli fa stordire, fa gonfiare. Dalla bocca fuoriuscendo, lo schiamazzo va crescendo, prende forza poco a poco, Vola già di loco in loco, sembra il tuono la tempesta che nel sen della foresta va fischiando, brontolando e ti fa torror gelare. Alla fin tra bocca e scoppia si propaga, si raddoppia e produce un'esplosione. Come un colpo di cannone, un tremuoto, un temporale, un tremuoto, un temporale, un tumulto generale che fa l'aria rimbombare e il meschino calunniato, avvilito, calpestato, sotto il pubblico flagello per gran sorte va a crepare. 
That was La Calunia, read by Andrea Sanguinetti. And I wanted to start talking a little bit about the letters C, G, and the combination S, C. Usually uh, the letter C sounds like a K, but when it's followed by an I or an E, it, the sound changes, right, Andrea? Sì, uh, esatto. Ad esempio, la calunia, come hai detto, calunia è una K. Calunia e scorrendo è di nuovo una K. Scorrendo, va scorrendo, va scorrendo. So you can hear how the, the C sound in calunia and scorrendo stays like a K. But when it's followed by an I or an E, then it changes to a CH. Faccia, ad esempio. I-A. Quando la, 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 la consonante seguita da I-A di tongo, la, la C diventa un CHA. Faccia. Incomincia. Metti tongo I-A. Incomincia. So you can hear that when the C is followed by I-A, then it becomes CHA. And no, you shouldn't say the E sound then, right? It doesn't go CHIA, it goes directly to the A sound. Sì, e incomincia è come cha cha cha. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's perfect. And uh, the, there's also, the same thing happens with the letter G, right? Vola già, yeah, già. Uh, però la A è accentata. It's an, an, uh, an accent. Yeah, so the A has an accent too. So does that make it a stronger sound? È un accento, quindi è stronger A. Ja. Okay, so there is an accent, so that makes the A a little bit stronger. Yeah. And this also works when there's when the letter itself is just an, an I or an E, right? So if you have a leggermente, then we still have we have the A sound, but it's still the the G becomes still a J. Leggermente, leggermente, dolcemente, dolcemente. Yeah. So these sounds both become J and Ch when they're followed by uh. yeah yeah now and the same thing with sc so we had scorrendo with the k sound but later on dalla bocca fuori uscendo when it's well, there again the sc when it's followed by by an e then it becomes sh right dalla bocca fuori uscendo esiste il rumore che che viene fuori è sh yeah, so the sound, the, the, the phonetic letter is actually a long squiggly S. So we have like an SH yeah. in English, SH. Shen, SH. Forse con l'H anche, con un H. That was exactly what I was going to get to now. With the, when, it, when the C is followed by an H, or even when, when the double C is followed by an H, we have, a, we have a couple of those. Since we started with uscendo, we have schiamazzo. You know, schiamazzo. And why is that a K sound? Perché uh, quando uh, in italiano ha uh, C-H-E, il, il suono è duro, quindi chi, quindi schiamazzo. So in Italian, when you have the C-H-I together, that makes a hard sound, so that's why we have schiamazzo. Quando, quando abbiamo la H, per noi non, noi non abbiamo, le, le H non sono aspirate, stanno a significare tra le due, tra la consonante e una vocale, quindi chi ad esempio, si o i, se c'è una, una, una h a, a, a mezzo vuol dire che la, la parola è dura, 
Quindi è P, non C. Yeah, so the, uh, so the H actually only serves to harden the consonant that comes before it. Otherwise, an H isn't pronounced at all. It just changes the consonant C or G when it comes before an I or an E to make it a hard sound. That happens kind of a lot in this piece. We have schiamazzo that we heard. We had fischiando. In the fischiando, genau. Meschino, mm. at the end, meschino calunniato. E tutte le volte it's C-H-I. And so every time it's C-H-I. The other place that that happens, with, it doesn't have an S in front of it, but orecchie. Orecchie. Yeah. Orecchie. And, and noch dazu gibt's doppel C. Yeah, double C. Then before that also comes a double C, which is also there a double K. Genau, orecchie. And the J-glide, that time we actually, because, because it's a hard sound then, the I is actually spoken, rather than just being ja or incomincia, we actually say kie, orecchie, right? Yeah, right. Okay, we have, in Italian, it's hard to know always um, whether the stressed sound is open or closed without looking up every word. But we have certain suffixes that are always one way or the other, like... At the beginning, la calunia in venticello, una oretta, this E-T-T-A. Oretta, the E is, is geschlossen. So it's always closed. The E yeah. is always closed in that ending. It, even in a character like Musetta. Musetta, you know, it's not Musetta, but Musetta, the, uh, la E è chiusa. So the E is always closed. So in that, in that suffix, we also have mente, right after that, leggermente, dolcemente. Mente, geschlossen, chiusa. Tutte le E sono uguali, leggermente. So in that word, all of the E's are exactly the same. And the same thing with dolcemente, right? Dolcemente, genau, brava. We also have, towards the end, we have another suffix with an O. Esplosione. È chiusa anche questa O. This O is also closed. And that's, we also have this word in English. So we have explosion. Explosion, yeah. Yeah. Um, with this, this will always be the same too. I mean, we have words like espressione. Espressione. And that's always then closed in that ending. La finale one, ione, la ione è sempre chiusa. Okay, so this suffix, it's always a closed O. One other thing I wanted to, to ask about, gonfiar. When we have an N before an F or a P or a B. Sì, è molto importante uh, cantare la doppia consonante. Um, deutlich, uh, come uh. si può dire deutlich in italiano? <laughs> Mol, molto definito, in maniera molto definita. Gonfiar, gonfiar. So when we have two con, it's really important in this instance to say both of those consonants very clearly, very defined. So we get real, a real N, a real N, F, and not that sort of gomfiar that we would, if we get the, the lips together too much, if we try to get too lazy with it. Il problema è che chiaramente queste due consonanti can, in, quando si canta non sono molto... Uh, è, è quasi impossibile cantarle su, 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 perché sono, le posizioni sono completamente diverse. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to sing these two sounds because the, the placement of them is very different. 
E, quello che è più importante naturalmente è la F. So the F is more important than the N is. La N è un passaggio. So the N is just a passageway to the F. È very important is the O, gonfiare. Gonfiare. So it's a closed O. Yeah, so again, all, all unstressed O's and E's are closed. And you very clearly said ronzando. Is that a, that's a voiced Z? C'è un... Allora, nel vero italiano sarebbe ronzando. Senti la differenza, ronzando, ronzando. Yes. Ok? L'italiano, quello oh italienisch, vere ronzando. Oh, so in high Italian that would be an unvoiced ronzando, T-S. Genau, aber ich sage immer ronzando. So you've always heard sung ronzando with a voiced D-Z. Das hat etwas zu tun mit, mit uh, unglaublich alten Regeln von Sprache. Aber das Ronzare ist ein Wort, das hat ein Z. So it has something, it has something to do with sort of old high Italian rules. But the word itself is actually Ronzando with a TS. But he's used to hearing Ronzando with the voiced DZ. So when you coach this, do you coach people no. to sing Ronzando? Ronzando. Ronzando with a voiced Z. Yeah. Questa cosa me l'ha detto un maestro. So this is something that, a, that an old maestro coach in, in Italian, in Italy, told him to do. Quindi vanno, vanno accentuate particolarmente, ronzando, uh, si introduce, cervelli, stordire, tutte le consonanti in questa area devono essere particolarmente uh, sottolineate. Yeah, so in, what he's saying is that Rossini wrote this specifically to be spoken in, in a very particular manner so that it really gets the sense of what he's trying to say across. So that when you say varronzando, that you get a certain sound. And the same thing with cervelli, that you get a specific sound to come out. Andrea mentioned how the consonants N and F together are hard to pronounce because they're made with completely different parts of the mouth. This is where most diction books start talking about fricatives and nasals. And I guess I've avoided saying those words as long as I could. Most of us know how to say the letters N and F. Knowing that an F is a voiceless labiodental fricative and N an alveolar nasal will not necessarily help you make those sounds correctly. The important thing to remember is that while in spoken Italian, the N would become that labiodental M, which is in phonetics that M with the tail on the right. In an aria, most Italian coaches suggest to maintain the integrity of both of the consonants, so a real NF, gonfiar. The second text is Una Voce Poco Fa, Rosina's first act aria. This aria too can be transposed. Mezzo sing it in the original key of E, sopranos sometimes perform it up a half step in F. 
And for coaches, this can be a challenge if you haven't practiced both versions, since the lower key lies mostly on black keys and the higher version mostly on white keys. You'll hear a siren in the background of this text. This time that was completely unintentional. It just happened to be going past while we were talking. Una voce poco fa, qui nel cor mi risuonò. Il mio cor ferito è già, e l'intor fu che il piagò. Si l'intoro mio sarà, lo giurai, la vincerò. Il tutor ricuserà, io l'ingegno aguzzerò. Alla fin sacchetterà, e contenta io resterò. Si l'indoro mio sarà, lo giurai, la vincerò. Io sono docile, son rispettosa, sono obbediente, dolce e amorosa, mi lascio reggere, mi fa guidare. Ma se mi toccano, dov'è il mio debole, sarò una vipera, sarò, e cento trappole, prima di cedere, farò giocare, farò giocare. That was Andrea Sanguinetti reading Rosina's aria, Una voce poco fa. And I wanted to start with this one talking about those G's. Since we talked about the C's mostly in La Calunia, I thought we'd talk a little about G's. In, we have all three versions of the G's in this, right, Andrea? Sì, nel momento in cui Rosina dice io l'ingegno aguzzerò, abbiamo tre G, e la prima è un G e e la pronuncia è G, G, di Genova. What he's saying is in the sentence Io l'ingegno aguzzerò, we have, all, we have three different G's and they all have a different sound. The first one, because it's followed by an E, sounds like G. The second one, G-N-O, gno, gno. Yeah. Come gnocchi. Come gnocchi, exactly. So the G-N-O always makes the nye sound, which is, looks, the phonetic letter is an N with the tail sort of on the left-hand side. Like lasagna too, right? Yeah, lasagna, gnocchi, lasagna, yeah, exactly. It's sempre nye. And it's always nye, nye, like an N, it sounds almost like an N with a J glide, but it actually has its own phonetic letter. And then the third one? The third one? Aguzzerò, questo è completamente diverso, è una, è una, è una G abbastanza uh, dura. Aguzzerò. So that's a hard G because it's not followed by an I or an E, it's followed by U. No, I'm U, so gu. È come, è come la parola Gustav. So, yeah. so io l'ingegno aguzzerò. And the Z's, aguzzerò, those are unvoiced, right? Eh, sì, eh, la parola aguzzare, la di Z, la Z deve essere in maniera molto forte, bisogna darla in maniera forte, e aguzzerò, aguzzerò. Chiaramente Rosina deve cantare abbastanza veloce in questo punto, però la Z è importante, il doppia Z, double Z. Yeah, so the Z's are a hard, unvoiced T-S sound, and even though Rosina has to sing much more quickly there, it's important to get that double Z out. And actually, while we're there, this song has a lot of O with an accent at the end. 
That accent changes the it changes the tense of the verb, but also that changes the quality of the the vowel. Sta parlando per esempio la vincerò, che no, la buzzerò, e c'è un accento, e perciò bisogna bisogna accentare l'ultima l'ultima sillaba. Quindi la buzzerò, la vincerò. La sillaba non è non è in italiano si dice sdrucciola o non sdrucciola. So in Italian they say a syllable is either slipped or not slipped. E in questo caso la, la, la sillaba va accentata, quindi la parola va, eh, bisogna portare la parola verso l'ultima sillaba e accentare l'ultima sillaba. Yeah, so in this case, because it has an accent, the stressed syllable is that last syllable. And then the, the O actually opens, right? La è, è ro, sì, è comunque aperta, però yeah. la, come O sono sempre aperte, quelle con l'accento sono tutte aperte. Yeah, so those with an accent, the O's with an accent are always open. Yeah, anche le E. Well, that, actually that brings us straight to what I was just about to get to. We have the E with an accent in the, the third line, actually, of the song. Ferito è già, yeah, e la parola è, un E, è un, praticamente è molto importante definire perché la E con l'accento, quindi è, è il verbo essere, quindi is, la parola senza l'accento E è end, congiunzione. Exactly, so it's very important to differentiate between the E with the accent, which is the ver from the verb to be, it's the he is or it is form of the verb to be, and, the, and that's the open E. The closed version, the one that doesn't have an accent, is the word for and. You know, exactly. Ed è, ed è un, una cosa abbastanza impo importante da fare, che veramente uh, fare untersheet, dice... Man muss wirklich genau pronounce. Yeah, so it's, it's very important to make the difference between these two. And it's, it's very important to pronounce these exactly as the open or the closed versions. So we understand whether it's a verb or whether it's a conjunction. S's. We have, uh, gen in, in general, in a lot of words, if an S is between two vowels, like ricusera, then the mm -hmm. S is voiced. Is that correct? Sì, tu tu mi chiedi ricuserà sì. o sarà. Exactly. Okay. So at the beginning of sarà it's an s sound but in the middle of two vowels like ricuserà then it's voiced, right? Sì, esattamente. È una, è una piccola differenza, però ricuserà perché è tra, tra due vocali è un po' meno eh, forte che all'inizio della parola come sarà. Yeah, so it, but it's a subtle difference, but it needs to be there because the S in Gricuzera is between two vowels. But my, now my question is, we have in the second line of this, qui nel cor mi risuono. Okay, e un, la S deve essere data in maniera presente e forte perché la parola viene da, da suonare. Because this actually comes from the verb suonare, to sound. E la S è all'inizio della parola. And, be, and the S is the, there in that word, then the S is the beginning, so it would be unvoiced, it would still stay an S. And then it, that R-I, R-I uh, prefix is a very normal one, right? Sì, perché è, è, è come dire un'altra volta. 
Yeah, it's like saying one more time. As in, in English, we would also say to redo, to resound. Genau, resound. Okay, we also in this in this piece, and also we had a couple uh, in in the other aria that we could have talked about. We have words with a lot of vowel sounds that seem to come together. And in Italian, it always seems like the shorter the note is, the more vowel sounds we have to get out all at once. For example, e contenta io resterò. We have contenta io. Sì, e contenta io resterò. Io deve essere presente. So the word io has to be very important. Sì, deve essere presente, anche se naturalmente è, è, è difficile suddividerlo con, le, con la musica, in questo caso. Yeah, it's difficult uh -huh. to, to uh, subdivide that into the music. Contenta, e contenta io resterò, e contenta io resterò. E, è sempre, è qualcosa di mezzo tra il ta io resterò. E contenta io resterò. Una piccola cosa, però è importante che ci sia. Yeah, it's a, it's a very small thing, but very important that it, that it be very clear. Perché è il soggetto, it's the subject. Exactly, because it's the subject of resterò. In italiano, chiaramente, non è obbligatorio mettere sempre il soggetto. In Italian, you don't always have the subject to the verb. Quindi la frase sarebbe, funzionerebbe anche senza io. This sentence actually would work without saying the word io. Però il fatto che nel testo ci sia io è un rafforzativo. Vuol dire proprio che Rosina ha il carattere di Rosina, perché mette sempre io. Because she uses it, it makes that io stronger, it makes her referring to herself even stronger, and it makes her character then stronger. Perché dice sempre anche, io è sempre molto presente in tutta questa area. Io sono docile, tutte queste cose qua. E, e, è un'area dove, dove Rosina ha proprio un carattere centrale. Quindi in quel punto lì io, anche se non è obbligatorio per, la legge, per, per, per le leggi italiane, della yeah. grammatica italiana, mm -hmm. è importante dirlo. So it's because uh, saying it isn't important in the language, because he writes it here, we, it actually is important to, to make sure it comes out clearly because it changes her character. So Rosina is a very strong character, so she always keeps saying io. We talked a little about the S in risuonero. When I translated that into English, I said resound with an unvoiced S. Be careful not to get this mixed up with the word resound, with a voiced S in English. Something that resounds rings with a sound, but something that sounds again resounds. We tend to voice the S after RE when it's not a prefix, like reside, resign, resort. But when it is that prefix meaning again, we maintain the original pronunciation of the root word, like reset, resign, and resort. This works exactly the same way in Italian. If you come across a word that starts with an RI as a prefix, the root word that follows will be pronounced the same way it would without the prefix. So in cases like risuonare, to sound again, risorgere, to rise again, and risoffiare, to blow again, the S will remain an unvoiced S.
Andrea Sanguinetti graduated summa cum laude in piano from the Genoa Conservatory and went on to study conducting at the University for Music and Performing Arts in Vienna and at the Conservatory in Milano. He's coached for the Opera Studio of the Opera Nationale du Rhin in Strasbourg, France, and for the International Vocal Arts Institute in New York City. Since 2007, he's been on the staff of the Staatsoper Hannover in Germany, where he coaches and conducts. Unfortunately, I didn't get it on tape, but I did ask Andrea what his pet peeve is when foreigners sing in Italian. His answer was, when people say the word for love, amore, with a double M, amore. English and German are languages that have very strong consonants, and sometimes we forget to adjust that consistently when we switch over to Italian. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's really important to differentiate between single and double consonants. Italian single consonants are gentler than they are in our language, and we don't always recognize when we pronounce them too hard. And as we heard in episode two with Fabio Centanni, doubling a consonant can completely change the meaning of the word. If you want to hear native Italians speaking texts that aren't arias or art songs, just to get more of the sounds in your ears, try one of my favorite podcasts called Audio Storie Fiabe e Favole per Bambini. The episodes are all fables and fairy tales translated into Italian, including some Aesop's fables, Grimm's fairy tales, and even Hans Christian Andersen's, among many others. It's a great way to hear the Italian language without the stress of having to learn an aria. I'll post a link to his site on the blog. The last thing I wanted to talk about today is buying an Italian dictionary. Because the language is so phonetic, don't be surprised that most Italian dictionaries don't include phonetics. They generally show where the stressed syllable is with either grave or acute accent marks, or small dots for closed vowels and sedillas for open ones, and some similar markings for voiced and unvoiced S's and Z's. Look for a legend in the front that explains how they've marked it, and you should be good to go. And that's it for today's episode. If you want to find out more about Andrea Sanguinetti, or if you have any specific questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please go to the blog at thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that more people can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening, and next week we'll be discussing more German diction with Nadia Mashantaf again and Mirko Roszkowski, a hot tenor on the German scene who is one of my go-to people when I have questions. <laughs>